Today on the Dream Set Achieve podcast, we are talking about baggage. Yes, everyone's favorite topic. We're going to dredge up all the old yuckiness from last year. We're going to examine it. We're going to see what went well, what went not so well. But ultimately, what we're going to see is how God worked in spite of it all so that we can go into this next year with confidence and allow our daughters to look up at us and know that they can walk with confidence as well. Let's get started. Hey, sweet friend, I'm Amanda Doherty, family life coach and founder of Dream, Set, Achieve, where I partner alongside amazing moms just like you who are in the throes of raising a teenage daughter. I hope that this podcast and all the resources on the Dream, Set, Achieve website will encourage, challenge, and motivate you to navigate the toughest issues surrounding raising an adolescent head on. You've got this, mom, and I'm here to help. This is the Dream, Set, Achieve podcast. Hey, Dream Set Achievers, and welcome back to episode two of the Dream Set Achieve podcast. I'm Amanda. I'm your host, and today we're going to continue our conversation all about planning and setting vision for the 2019-2020 school year. So first, before we jump in, what is this podcast really for? My, my goal with this is that you can get a personal coaching session on your way to work, on your morning run, wherever it is that you get a few minutes of respite away from the rest of the world. And so this is your opportunity to just take advantage of some free coaching by me, Family Life Coach. And so what we're focusing on this month for the next two weeks after this episode. So again, this is a four-part series. We talked last week about starting with the end goal in mind. This week, we're talking about looking backward in order to move forward boldly. And so I'm just going to jump straight in here because this is a topic that I think is not so much about the practical day-to-day planning, but what I'm asking you to do is to really pause and reflect. What is holding you back? What fears, what doubts, what mistakes that happened last year are holding you back from embracing all the opportunity that this new year has for you? And that's a difficult question because we all go from one year to the next thinking, I need a fresh start. I had some amazing things that happened last year, but so much of it was bad. I just want to push it out of my mind, move forward, and not look back at all. Well, we need to pause here because that's actually a very unhealthy way of looking at it. Because as Christians, we have one benefit that no one else in the world has, and that is the fact that we can look back and see how God has providentially taken every single one of those poor or terrible circumstances and somehow has either already worked it out for our good, or we can live in faith knowing that one day down the road, we might be able to look back and understand that that circumstance, as painful or as challenging or as overwhelming as it might have been, was actually intended for our good and that God used that to create and sustain good things. And so, yes, it's challenging and sometimes painful to look back, but we are doing ourselves a huge injustice if we don't take a moment and just think about what went well, that we can continue to use those next year. What maybe did not go so well, but then before we just kind of sit there and lament about that, we really want to instead think, okay, well, those did not go well. I don't want to try that again this year, but how did God still, in spite of that situation or in spite of my mistakes or in spite of my shortcomings, how did God continue to provide exactly what my family needed? And that's where all of the growth is going to happen. And that's what's going to set you on a trajectory this coming year of having a healthy mindset of how the Lord is going to continue to use your shortcomings and your mistakes, because you will make mistakes going into this next year. I promise I'm going to make mistakes. You're going to make mistakes. Let's just give ourselves permission for a hot minute to make some mistakes. It's okay. 
God's going to use it anyway. We get to live in peace knowing that our mistakes will ultimately be used to the glory of God because he does not waste anything and because he is not going to allow our shortcomings to affect the trajectory of our daughter's lives because he already wrote that book and sealed it with a promise. I'm going to ask you four questions about last year. We've already previewed them, but I just really want you to just sit for a minute and visualize what it was like at the end of the 2018-2019 school year. What worked well? What worked well? And that includes what happened by accident as well as on purpose. So for example, there are lots of habits or lots of things that happened throughout the year that just because it accidentally fell into our laps, but then we realize, oh wow, that actually worked really well. Or that made my life a little bit easier. Hmm, she really responded to that. That's a surprise. Uh, we're going to stick with that, right? Because that's the beauty of parenting is that so much of what we learn is just guess and check until something falls in our laps and we just stick with what works, right? So what maybe happened by accident last year that is a good habit to start intentionally this year? What worked well that you did on purpose? What was something you gave a lot of thought to and that you intentionally followed after? So you don't want to lose sight of that growth. You don't want to just forget over the summer of celebrating and getting out of your routine and just kind of adventuring around with your family. That's wonderful, but we don't want to just completely forget about what we learned last year. Making progress year by year towards a stronger, more united family and a more independent and capable young woman that your daughter's going to be. What about routines? What kind of routines worked last year? Did she come home and get her homework done earlier in the day as opposed to staying up late at night, right? Maybe that was something that really improved. She finally just embraced her desire to have homework. Did she have a, an easier time making new friends? Was that something that was just a lot easier last year? What are some books or some subjects or some hobbies that she started to become really intrigued by? Was there a book that she really very much enjoyed that you could maybe use to find similar books to encourage her to continue reading this year? What about friends and social influences? Who are some of the people that really spoke life into her life last year? Who are the people who shaped her to become better, who challenged her, who motivated her? Are those people still around? And if so, how do we continue to maintain that healthy relationship? And if not, how do we find new influences that are going to continue to positively shape and influence our daughters? So that's what worked well. I really want you to take a moment and just celebrate the victories from last year, whether they were on purpose, by accident, by your hand, or by the grace of God. Every one of us have some celebrations that we can point to last year. For me, last year was the year I finally got a hold of meal planning and meal prep. The biggest part of our budget was me being at home full-time and my son being a growing three-year-old who has food anxiety due to his adoption. There was a massive line in our budget dedicated to food. So much went to food, and so much of that was because I had not planned accordingly and not had food prepped or not had healthy meals ready to go or just in the back of my mind because I'm so tired by the end of the day after watching the child and keeping it alive. You know, that's a good goal to have, right? That I couldn't even give two seconds thought to like, okay, well, what do I want? Because I guess it's going to be takeout. So I finally worked out a system to have weekly meal planning. that I could order all of my food via Instacart or Walmart grocery. Whoever would pick up the groceries for me and bring them to my car so I don't have to bring a three-year-old into the store. That's where I finally clicked for me that, okay, this is a routine that has become so life-giving to our budget and our finances. We're better, much better stewards with our money that way. My son is a lot less anxious about food because he has consistent access to healthy choices. And I don't have to decide I, at the end of the day when I already have decision fatigue what I'm going to eat that day. So meal planning, that worked really well last year. I'm going to implement that and hopefully continue to show progress in that area this next year.
Now the next question, what didn't work so well? You are allowed to look back without regret and just think, okay, we're not trying to dig ourselves in a hole of regret here. We're really trying to think, what were some things that did not go so well? And again, I'm going to ask, was that by accident or was it on purpose? Because there are many things we do by accident to our kids, with our kids, good intentions or not, right? That just fall flat on their faces. So what is something that did not work so well for your daughter that she did not respond to? Was it a way that you spoke with her? Was it a way that you addressed issues that were really important to her? Was it the way that you addressed social media or her phone or, or her car or anything like that? What did not work so well, either intentionally or accidentally? So we know that we can't just avoid those issues again this year. Most likely they're going to carry over into this year. We're bringing some baggage with us, right? So rather than dragging that baggage through the next year and just kind of accepting the fate that we're going to struggle with those same topics this year, and you know what, friend, you might, that's okay. But what you want to do instead is walk in and stop acting surprised, right? We don't want to walk in and think, oh gosh, I didn't see that coming. Well, you did. You saw it last year. So how can we approach it with intentionality? How can we really address it head on and take it on as a personal goal in our own lives to continue to move forward in? right? We have to celebrate little steps of progress and we can't make progress if we don't accept the fact that it is a problem and it needs to be addressed. So we're going to address it with intentionality. Something else we can do. Maybe you can't really address that specific problem, but what are some easy fixes, right? I'm going to give you an example. There are, there are so many things that we walk around throughout our day that we've become so accustomed to something that's just inconvenient or out of place or not functioning properly that we're just kind of become blind to it. But ultimately, if we were to just take a few seconds to change that thing or to change that item, most likely that would make our lives infinitely easier, would it not? For example, I am working in my office, recording actually in a very small closet for the sake of sound quality, and there is a light bulb in here that has been out for probably five months, probably five months. And rather than just changing the light bulb, I have continued working in this room of darkness or gone elsewhere to a different room that has more natural light so I can get um, the light that I need to do my job. But how simple would it be just for me to turn on the light? And what's sad is that when I look at this room, I'm looking up at it right now, I don't think I even realized that there was still light there. How many things in your life, just little tiny things like that, little inconveniences that add up are actually causing you to stumble more than you ought to or making you having to work harder than you should? So think about it. If every morning, the biggest struggle in your day, you just walk through and think, okay, what's the biggest struggle that you have throughout the day, getting them out the door to school? Maybe it's the fact that they don't have any clean clothes to wear. Maybe it's that the clothes don't fit and that you have to dig through five pairs of khakis to figure out, okay, well, oh, sorry, that one has the hole in it. No, 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 that one, those are too short. I'm not sure I put them in back in there. Like maybe we need to take all the clothes out sort them, throw away the ones that we're not going to use anymore that are just beyond the point of donation. Donate the ones we can, put the rest of them as hand-me-downs for the next kid if you need to, and make a list of the items that you have to restock on before the school year starts. Address the problem head-on, tiny little fixes, just get rid of the junk and remove that clutter from your life that's causing you a headache every morning. Maybe, like me, you struggle with meals at the end of the day. Maybe a simple plan would just be to come up with, like, okay, let's just plan at the, end, at the beginning of the week pick up Walmart grocery on the way home from work on Monday and just have the food ready to go. There are lots of simple fixes that can make our lives much, much, much easier and can set us on a much clearer path to success and peace if we just take 
a chance to identify what those are right now. So easy fixes. What are five easy fixes you can make walking into the next year that will drastically remove so many of the headaches you had from last year? Now I have another question, another issue that didn't work so well. Is there something you just need to pause and ask for help for? Right? I am the type of personality that thinks I am a one-man show. I can fix all of the issues for all of my problems, all of my husband's problems, and all of my kids' problems. You give me an hour on Pinterest, and I'll find the answer to anything. Right? Many of you are like that. You know why? Because you're a super mom. That's kind of the amount of pressure that we just put on ourselves unnecessarily when Sometimes the best way to fix a problem is to ask for help. Maybe your daughter came home last year and told you that she was struggling with depression or anxiety. Maybe she came home with an eating disorder. Maybe she came home and told you that she had unprotected sex and she is terrified that she might actually have acquired some kind of STD or otherwise. There are lots of big questions that sometimes we have no ability to navigate ourselves. So maybe... If there's something that happened last year and you didn't know that it's going to continue to be an issue this next year, maybe it's time to ask for help. If you need help from a counselor, if you need some family advice from a family coach, that's what I do. And if you need help from someone outside of a situation like a, a youth leader or a family friend or a grandparent sometimes, whoever you need to ask for help, maybe this is the year you give your permission, yourself permission to ask for help. Do you need to make an apology? Now, this is another thing about baggage. So much of the baggage from last year that we're carrying into this year is simply because we won't pause and just acknowledge the fact that maybe some of the things that went wrong were entirely our fault, again, accident or otherwise. And maybe all we need to do to fix the situation is to say, I'm sorry. Teenage girls can hold a hard grudge, right? They can hold a grudge like nobody's business. But you know what teenage girls don't hear very often? The words, I'm sorry. They're told to say they're sorry often, but they rarely hear it themselves. And so maybe there's something from last year, even if you weren't responsible for the whole thing, is there anything that might soften the edges of her heart, let her guard down so that she'll allow you to help her navigate those issues this next year? Is there something maybe you need to apologize for? Very simple solution to open the doors of conversation so that you can address these issues head on in the 2019-2020 school year. Here's another question. Question number three, what external influences were affecting her last year? Now, life happens. We can predict all we can. We can come up with these goals. We can aim small, miss small, have a goal at the end. We, can, we know exactly what target we're aiming at. And yet sometimes something comes from left field and just throws us completely off of our game. Maybe last year you got sick. Maybe your daughter got sick. Maybe one of your parents or your husband's parents passed away and that really threw your family for a loop. Maybe there was an undiagnosed learning disorder that just kind of bubbled up to the surface and now you're trying to figure out how to cope with that or how to deal with that. Maybe there was some church hurt. That's a very common issue I used to experience while I was teaching where a family would feel like they've been hurt or betrayed by their church and they really didn't know who to go to and so many of their relationships were on rocky ground because of their relationship with that church. There are so many things that have nothing to do with how well you prepare, they just happen. My first year of teaching, I was teaching this beautiful young woman named Emma, and her mom had been battling breast cancer for years. She appeared to be in remission, and then suddenly things turned for the worst. I cannot tell you how quickly they turned to the worst. And I was there on her mother's funeral and watching and thinking, what happened? 
and I could see the stunned look on her face. When she paused and looked around and, and when we made eye contact as she was walking out and when they were escorting the family out, she looked at me and the look was, what happened and what next? So life happens. Huge circumstances can be thrown our way that have absolutely nothing to do with how well or how ill-equipped we are at planning. This is a fallen world and there are fallen things that may happen and sin will affect our families. And so a lot of what happened last year may have been affected by something completely external from any part of our control. And so as we're going into this next year, is anything that happened last year, any of those external circumstances, are any of those avoidable? Is there a lifestyle change or a life change that can be made that's going to help improve the likelihood that any of those might happen? Now, I'm not talking about family sickness. That has nothing to do with that. What I'm talking about instead is maybe, is there a behavior problem that continues to bubble itself up to the surface? Is there a certain type of structure in the day that you could provide to help sustain your family? I mentioned, for example, my child was adopted from South Korea. He's three and a half years old, and he has a whole lot of attachment issues as well as self-regulating issues that we're having to help him navigate through. And for the most part, if he has a pretty clear understanding of what the day is going to look like, and if he knows that his food is consistent, and if he knows that mom and dad are coming home at the end of the day, his behavior issues completely eradicate themselves. However, if there's a switch in the routine or if there's or if Matt and I are so busy that we don't have the opportunity to just create a stable home life environment, his behaviors start to act up again. And that's because they are sourced in an area of anxiety. And so when we look back, the external circumstances, the fact that he was adopted, that is something I cannot control. We adopted him, but the things that he is facing, I cannot fix. I cannot fix what his history was. What I can do is set up a home that is stable and as consistent as possible so that he can continue to heal and to thrive and to live knowing that even though his history is something he's going to have to work through, he has all the tools he needs to continue to heal at home with his mom and continue to build that relationship. So there are some things that can be fixed. There are structures that can be put in place. There are some habits that can be placed that will allow certain external factors to be easier to cope with. Will those issues continue to be a hindrance? Is the uh, fact that maybe you and your husband got separated last year, is that going to continue to affect the, the way that your daughter functions at home and at school? Absolutely. That's going to continue to feed in. And you have to give yourself grace to think, you know what, there's, there's a significant thing that happened to my family and it will continue to affect her for years. It's going to affect me for years, but we're going to have to continue to adapt. But just acknowledging that head on and just knowing this might be an issue will make it a lot easier when those behaviors start to creep up. Is there any unforeseen growth that happened? Again, not all that happens to us. Even remember, God always uses things for good. And so even if the most catastrophic thing in the world happened to us last year, or there was this influence that we did not expect to happen, or um, any of the circumstances we just talked about, God can still provide opportunities for growth. Was there any growth that happened after that circumstance occurred? And if so, how can we start to focus in on that instead of focusing on the negative? Because that will continue to give you hope. That's going to give you what you need to sustain your hope and your encouragement to your daughter. And that's what's going to help her understand that her baggage is not going to define the year that she's going to have this year. And that's going to help her understand that her progress and her struggles from last year are not going to define her future this year. God is much bigger than that. 
And how can this become a learning experience? So if there was something that happened, how can we continue to foster an area of learning? It needs to be something that is processed. And again, while this can be done at home and there should definitely be structures in place and conversations to be had, this might also be another opportunity to reach outside of yourself for help. Maybe find a trusted friend, find a counselor, find a coach, find a minister, find a youth leader, someone that can help partner alongside in that individual circumstance to help speak life and truth and accountability and love into that situation so that you don't have to carry all of that on your shoulders. All right, so we talked about the first three questions, what worked well, what didn't work well, what external influence may have affected you last year, and then finally, the last question, and this is the one that matters. This is all that matters here, but we had to get through the muck to get here. How did God provide in spite of your circumstances and shortcomings? Friend, I need you to just take a deep breath and exhale it out and say, I can't screw up my daughter's future. You know why? It's because this daughter that he entrusted you with is God's daughter first. She is God's first. And he has handed her to you so that you can steward to the best of your ability and allow her to continue to grow into a godly, strong woman that loves the Lord. But the thing is, at the end of the day, it is up to him to write and determine her story. So you can take a sigh of relief knowing that you cannot screw up your daughter's future Everything that you do, she has the opportunity. She has the opportunity to rise above and to lean heavily into the Holy Spirit, into the Lord, and build her faith so that it is unshakable. That is the beauty of the gospel, friends. We need to parent as if we believe that grace is sufficient. Here's something to think about. Despair is a life that forgets to look back at God's providence. There's a beautiful quote I read just the other day. And it was saying, my future is full of unanswered questions, but when I look back, my past is full of God's provision. I love this quote because whenever we look back, we can see the hand of God working in ways that at the moment we had no clue what he was up to and we had no faith that he was able to take our circumstances and use them for good. However, when we look back, we see that he can, we see that he does, and we remember that he will. And if we remember that he will continue to provide in spite of our shortcomings, in spite of all of the missed opportunities, and in spite of our baggage, then we can walk boldly into this next school year knowing that he is going to do it again. But if we don't look back and remember that we are doing ourselves a huge injustice because we are going to forget and we're going to continue to try to hold all of the weight of this year in our hands, and friend, you are not designed or built to sustain that. It's too heavy for you. It's too heavy for your daughter. You need to let that go. The Bible consistently in the Old and New Testament points back to the image of Egypt and the Red Sea. There's a reason why I think he chose Egypt to take over his peoples because they were the most incredibly powerful and successful empire, perhaps in human history. And when we think about that empire, the only thing greater than that empire and that Pharaoh was God. And God delivered his people as he promised from the beginning of time to deliver his people out of the hands of Pharaoh and into a life of freedom. And one of the most iconic moments in all of the Bible is when he parts the Red Sea, just splits it right in half and allows his people to walk across on dry ground. Now, does that happen all the time? No, I wish it did. I wish every problem I faced would be met with a parting of waters and I just walk clean across and say, thank you, Lord, and keep going. But do you know why he did that in such an iconic and dramatic way? 
because from that time to the end of the Bible and into even our own current history now, it consistently says, remember when I deliver you from Pharaoh, remember when you walked through the Red Sea, when I parted the ocean for you. We have to look back and remember, remember that God gave his only son in order that we would live a life of freedom in him and that we would be able to honor and glorify him. If he was willing to give his own son to do that, what else would he ever withhold from us to have a relationship with us and with our daughters? What else? So live in remembrance of the big red seas in your past. We all have red sea partings. My greatest red sea parting to this day was when God broke down the walls to allow me to go get my son from South Korea and bring him home. With all the political turmoil going on between here and North and South Korea, I cannot tell you how close we came to losing him. But God parted that Red Sea. We walked straight into that orphanage. We took him in our arms and we brought him home. And that was my Red Sea moment. So every time I see a behavior or a struggle or something that causes me to doubt, is this the child that God intended for me to have? I think back to that Red Sea moment where I was able to walk out of that embassy with my son in my arms, knowing at that moment that God had allowed an impossible thing to happen because he is faithful, because he doesn't forget, even when we do, that he's got our future in our hands and that he has a plan. So sweet friend, here's where we're going to jump into the action step for the week. I need you to make some lists. I love lists. Lists are very, very helpful. Number one, I need you to make the list of all of the things, the habits, the routines, the decisions that worked well last year and allowed your daughter and your family to thrive. Again, think what happened on accident. Think what happened unintentionally. Think about what you did on purpose. All of the things that you could possibly think of, I want you to write those down. Then I want you to flip over the sheet of paper and I want you to fold that paper in half from top to bottom. In the left column, what I want you to do is to write down what didn't work so well. What did not work so well? What went wrong? Was it an external circumstance? Was it a mistake you made? Was there something that happened to your family that had nothing to do with you or your decisions? I want you to make a list of all the things that did not go well that you did not want to happen again this year. But then on the other column, that right column right next to each one of those items, I want you to write down the way that God worked in spite of that mistake, in spite of that circumstance, in spite of that shortcoming, because he did. And if you aren't taking the moment to really consider how, then you haven't thought it hard enough. And until you think hard and find the solution to that question, like how is God moving in spite of me, you're not going to be able to walk into this next school year with boldness or with faith. And neither will your daughter. It starts with you. You're the modeler. You're the head matriarch of your family. And she is watching you. Whether she or you acknowledge it, she is watching you to see how boldly you feel like you can walk your family into this next school year. Friend, I have full faith in you. You got this. And you know why? Because God chose you for this job. I'm going to say a quick prayer for us. And then I'm going to let you go so you can go ahead and work on this action step and consider and really think hard on what it is that God is working in your life to have trust in him for this next school year. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity that I have been given to speak to so many women, to remind them of the truths that you have in your word, to remind them that they've been equipped with every good thing on this planet that they could ever need because all they need is you. 
Lord, I pray that all of the burdens and the baggage from last year would just be taken off of the shoulders of these women, that they would have the boldness and the courage to lay it down at your feet, at the foot of the cross, and say, I'm sacrificing my desire to control and fix everything. I'm sacrificing the shame I have from last year, and I'm sacrificing the fear I have of walking into this next year. I'm giving that to Jesus. And so I pray, Lord, that as these young women are all thinking through the ways that you provided for them last year, that you would just bring to light moments that you just shone so brightly in their lives that it couldn't argue that it wasn't you who was working in their favor. I pray for the year ahead that you would continue to give us opportunities to speak into these moments, that you would give us opportunities to speak into the lives of our daughters. And God, thank you so much for this platform in this generation where we can speak and share your word with women all over the world. I pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen.